Hello and welcome back. This is episode two of the Last Picks podcast. And you may be able to hear it already, but uh, we've made some changes. First of all, we'll do the introductions again. Uh, so my name is Taylor. I'm here along with uh, my good friend and podcast partner, Matt. Yeah, and uh, hey, who thought we'd be here? Not me. Not me. Look at us. <laughs> Look at us. Who would have thought? Look at us. But yeah, so we uh, we made a couple changes. Um, we we heard some feedback, and we decided to to act on it. Uh, bit of feedback number one: we bought microphones, yep. so that's huge. Speaking like uh, like literal feedback, we're going to try to reduce it uh, yes, and invest exactly. in some microphones. I also was told by a couple people I need to mumble a little bit less. I'm going to blame that on the fact that we were sitting beside each other on a couch using my laptop microphone. I have a microphone in front of my face right now, so I feel like I could whisper and you guys would probably be able to hear everything I said, but I will... Yeah, we were also a lot more beers deep. (laughs) Yeah, and I I either get loud or I get mumbly after a few, so there's no in between. It seems like I got mumbly last last episode. And finally, um, yeah, us not being in the same room this time, we did have uh, some difficulties trying to figure out exactly how to pull this off. But we're all set. We're rearing to go. We're not. Uh, we're not watching a golf tournament in the same room and letting ourselves get sidetracked by what we see on the screen. I'm not going to be, you know, exclaiming that somebody may not be wearing a belt, even though a lot of you seem to enjoy that stupid conversation. But this uh, is a I professional mean... environment. <laughs> we are nothing if not professionals. Exactly. And we're going to keep it that way. We for have our, probably about four minutes and 30 seconds. And we have our we'll get real unprofessional real fast. <laughs> we have our respective pets running HR. Um, yep. So, yeah, we're, we're in good shape. I mean, before we dive into it, um, Maddie, how you doing, buddy? Uh, you know, been good. Uh, it was a kind of a shit week for us uh, people in the greater Toronto area in Ontario, which is also part of the reason why we are doing this one virtually, because... Lockdown life, baby. We're back yeah. in it. Last thing you um, wanted to do is record evidence of you breaking a bylaw. Yeah, exactly. So that's why we're kind of doing this. We we plan on doing this eventually, anyways, just for convenience sake. But this kind of forced us into it, which is cool. Gives us a little learning experience. Um, you know, other than that, just pissed off at that kind of stuff because I turned the big three zero in two weeks, and that was a just real convenient time for lockdowns to hit. Um, but you know, such is life. Grind it out. We'll just keep podcasting and keep watching sports. Yeah. And like I said, um, in our, our private conversations, as soon as we bought the mics, I said, that's a 10 episode minimum. I'm not spending 50 bucks on a mic oh, yeah. just, to, just to screw around. If we're doing this, we're doing this. So here we 50 are. Bucks. Don't, you, don't, don't you shortchange us. These were 75 plus tax. <laughs> you're right. You're right. We did. We did splurge. But I mean, it's actually, and we bought the same one. It's actually, it's it's pretty good. It's a good stand. Yep. We've got the, I don't know what the cover you put on the microphone is called, and you have the little screen in front of it. So I'm notorious for popping my peas. Hopefully, um, there's less of that, and uh, you know, nobody's flinching if you're listening to this in the car because that's the last thing we yeah. want. Uh, but, um, as we say this, if who knows, maybe it is garbage audio. We don't know. We're going to find out. <laughs> yeah. We're going to find out once it's too late, which is exactly when you want to find out stuff. Yeah. You know, life lessons <laughs> learned. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the other thing we said we were going to try to do this week was uh, stay a little more on topic and not dive down too many rabbit holes. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. Yeah. That's just kind uh, of we'll how try to keep that as a minimum. Work. 
Yeah, we'll do our yeah. best. I mean, we can't really turn it off. That's just kind of who we've been our, our entire lives and, and definitely our entire friendships. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so here we are. I mean, uh, well, a, yeah. lot of, a lot of stuff's happened between um, the last time we recorded and today. I think, how long has it been? Has it been three weeks? No. Been more than that? It's been like a week and a half now. Um, well, two, yeah. This, this, upcoming, this upcoming Thursday will be week two. No, is it is that from our record or from our release? Oh, from our recording. No, it's yeah. It's oh god, it's got to be close to three weeks now. We were loafing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we also have full time jobs. We can't just uh, edit. Yeah, we do have a life. Video. You've <laughs> yeah, you've got a fiance that's getting foot surgeries and ordeals. Not 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 uh, cosmetic, like no. actual foot surgeries. Yeah, She's not going to uh, do like weird foot modeling. I was going to say, if that's a secondary Sorry, source Lauren. of income, <laughs> that's our secondary source of income. I just, I told her she needed more attractive feet if we're going to, if we're going to pay for this wedding, you know, start an OnlyFans. Yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, that actually, that, so that actually happened today. Um, so my fiance went under the knife for, uh, I say it's the first time. Um, and actually I want your opinion on this before we dive into, uh, you know, to our laid out topics. Um, so I went to come pick her up uh, from the surgery today, which went well. Thank God. Everything's good. She might actually recover faster than expected, which is ideal. Um, but I said when I got there, I was like, so how was your first surgery? Kind of like just joking around. And she said, well, I had my wisdom teeth taken out. And no. my – thank you. That's my opinion. That's not surgery. No, I I got my appendix taken out, and I barely consider that surgery, and that's actual surgery. Yeah, <laughs> wisdom is. teeth is not surgery. That's, that's a, a dental, dental procedure. procedure. Thank you. Yeah, thank, bingo. <laughs> this is why we do this. <laughs> yeah, no, no chance. Not even close. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I had my hip restructured. You had a couple teeth taken out. Had a little root canal. Had yeah. a little root canal. Give me a break. Yeah. Like so I sympathize for the foot situation, but I <laughs> give me a break. I mean, it doesn't matter whether or not it's her first or second surgery. I still have to basically be her post-surgery butler until she's uh, able to move around a little better, which I have no complaints. But rules are rules. Yeah, she would do the exact same thing for me. It's just it's funny. I have to be the nurse to the nurse. So yeah, she's going to be critiquing well, my form like you read about. Yeah, and you you put a ring on it. It's. <laughs> You made your bed. It's time to lay in it, pal. <laughs> hey, I got no complaints, buddy. I'm I'm very happy. No, but, uh, no. But uh, yeah, enough of. Enough I would about, be the one uh... complaining, probably why I'm single. <laughs> but yeah, let's go. Um, All right, where do you want to start? Because we've missed a lot. Um, yeah. I think the most pressing issue, especially because I mean, it kind of added to uh, to the topic today, is we got to talk about the Jays, man. Oh, yeah. That's what I, I was going to say. The three big topics I think we got to talk this week, uh, which might surprise some people because golf's not on it. Um, but baseball, hockey, and a little MMA to, to put a cherry on top of things. Um, but like we'll, we'll dibble dabble in some golf because uh, big, big results this past week. Um, but it's not a main focus like it was last week. The Jays, what a start. Like, oh, yeah. Unbelievable. I know coming into the season, there were a lot of people saying, you know, if they stay healthy, this and that, they could be good. They could be all right. They look solid. And and it's still dependent. And I said it last I, – I was one of those people last week saying it depends on the pitching and being healthy. Or not last week, last uh, episode. Um, I probably still said it last week. Um, but it, it that is what it's dependent on. But for the start of the season, 
it looks really good. Um, you know, beating uh, the Yankees two out of three uh, looked great in the season opener. Romano, uh, local kid playing for his team, being a closer, which is a huge high leverage position um, that not a lot of guys clearly can handle. Uh, so that's pretty cool to see. And then you've got guys today like Matt's that come as a potential starter because he's had some injury problems and, you know, had a few good years in, in New York and then kind of fell off the radar. But he was dealing today. I had his box score. What was his line? I had it up. Uh, six and a third innings, two hits, one run, one walk, nine strikeouts. Jesus. Gross. Yeah, that's Gross. your dealing. Matt's was on fire today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other than that, for them, uh, I like that there's, you know, we haven't even had Springer in the lineup yet. Him coming in is going to be nice. Uh, that will just make an even, like, already a good team even better. Um, and I like that there's guys like Springer and uh, Simeon and some of these veteran guys that are also good players. Um, Simeon going uh, to the middle infield so that Biggio can go over to third, put Vladdy over at first. All these moves do one thing that I really, really like, and that takes pressure off of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Yes. Because uh, if you can keep the pressure off of him and not make it feel like he needs to carry the team, and I'm going to give credit where credit's deserved. Uh, Buck Martinez was talking about basically this exact same thing on the broadcast today, but like I completely agree with it. It's it, it will help this team greatly and him as a young player if he doesn't feel the weight of an entire team on his shoulders. Oh, absolutely, and I think part of the uh, part of that too is I mean, um, didn't uh, Kevin Biggio go yard today, or was it um, somebody yeah. had? Uh, yeah, Kevin Biggio went yard no, today. Biggio, Biggio, and uh, Simeon went back to back. Yeah, so it's not like, you know, I mean, obviously pitchers are going to look out for, for Vladdy. I mean, you're, you you know when he's coming up in the order. It's you're, Nobody's going to be an idiot like that. But it's not like, oh, if we get around the – where is he hitting right now? Is he in the, the two-hole, three-hole? Where are we talking? Who, Biggio? No, um, Vlad. Oh, no, Vlad's uh, – today he hit the five-hole. Oh. It goes – I'm looking at the lineup right now. It goes – it goes Simeon, Biggio, Bichette, Hernandez, Guerrero, Telez, Gritchick, Jansen, and Davis was playing center field, cleaning, uh, batting nine spot today. Which, again, looking at that lineup is gross because if you yeah, take I, Davis out and you put, you put Springer in center field, now you've got Jansen batting ninth. You probably put Springer fifth uh, or fourth, Vladdy maybe third. Like, there are so many options there, and then that drops Hernandez down to like six. I would almost put Hernandez eighth because he basically, maybe not that far down, but you want him to act as like a secondary cleanup hitter. Yeah, that was always that was always the play when we were playing baseball. Your your fourth guy is your main cleanup guy, but your next best hitter you want hitting like seventh because you want a few guys to try to get on base. You want that fifth sixth guy to try and get on, or if it's middle of the innings and middle of the order that four, third, fourth guy comes on and then there's guys on base for that seven spot hitter. Um, yeah. So they like, there's so much flexibility in their lineup when Springer gets back. It's beautiful. 
Yeah, and you're—I mean, you're obviously between between the two of us. You're you're the baseball guy on the pod, and I mean, I think that logic—you just need somebody on the back end of the order to also be afraid of, because you're going to be afraid of Vladdy no matter what. But when you look at the lineup, especially the the order they put together today, obviously Vladdy is you know the scariest hitter there. But it's not like you can really take a break in that entire no. like that entire order, because like there's no nobody in that order that really is like, oh, yeah, don't worry, I'll get this guy. Every one of those guys can hit. And well, just because one's a little better than the other, that doesn't mean – I mean, Rowdy Telez can rake. Yeah. He can hit bombs. I mean, Biggio, Bichette, I mean, they their stats – I mean, they're still young, and their stats already speak for themselves. I mean, they're they're great hitters. So it's – you're right. I mean, it makes, makes complete sense. I mean, as a non-baseball guy, you need somebody that is – that, yeah, that kind of gets you a little bit afraid near the back end of the order because, I mean, after you get past Guerrero and you, you kind of need somebody that, you know, let's say Gritchick and Jansen get on base, you, you need somebody who's going to, you know, get, get put a little fear in the pitcher's, uh, pitcher's eyes and, and make sure that he doesn't take a step off the gas. Yeah, and, you know, I, I was saying Hernandez down in 7-8, but, like, the, the point I was like, because I'm looking at the lineup, I'm like, oh, people are going to give me heaving. Oh, the hell could you put Hernandez down in the eighth spot? Uh, I'm just, the point I'm making is that there's flexibility. Once Springer's back in the lineup, there's they're so deep that, like you said, they're that team that there's no way out really in their entire lineup. Even when Casey, or uh, yeah, when Jansen's hot and he's batting ninth, like. He can still hit. Alex like he's. Son of a bitch who can just rake as well. Uh, it's a super deep lineup and you can like Montoyo can do whatever he wants with it. Um, The other thing that I like about it with the depth and like you said, there's not a way out of it. It's very reminiscent in that sense of the glory days uh, a few years back with Donaldson and Batista and Encarnacion and all those guys with us with a minor tweak. And that minor tweak is other than like Hernandez Guerrero uh, and like Springer rakes pretty good. Telez can, can hit the ball far. But they're not this scary team of like just home run hitters. They're guys from top to bottom in the lineup where they can just get on base. If they need to be a situational hitter, they can be a situation. It's not home run or bust. They can just hit. So, you know, what's funny, and obviously I mean, once you started going on that point, I didn't want to interrupt you just to say like, oh, my God, same. But that was kind of where I wanted to go with that as well because it kind of reminds me of like – what were the was it 2015 2016 the, was it those um that's when they kind of hit their heyday or am i am i bringing it too far forward i, I can't remember but like the the glory donaldson days, no that's like about the, it no i think that's i think you're about right yeah like the encarnacion and the wild card game when we were at the boston pizza in burlington and everybody went absolutely ape shit i was hugging yeah. strangers it was unbelievable but like, yeah, that I mean, that's kind of where we got, we've gotten back to, and yeah, because sorry to inter- sorry to just inter- yeah, interlude there. Uh, the uh, the the bat the Joey Bats bat flip was in the 2015 ALDS. So yeah, it okay, was 2015 so, 2016. That was that was those were the glory years. Yeah. So and we're kind of I mean, it looks it's early, of course. I mean, we don't want to put the cart before the horse at the same time, but I wouldn't be surprised if you know, give it a year or two this lineup kind of has the same kind of output. I mean, I had concerns with pitching going in, but so far that hasn't been an issue. So, I mean, obviously, again, like I said, it's still early. A lot of issues could arise. There could be injuries. People could lose it. I mean, 
it really all depends. But I'm I'm pretty happy with where this team's and yeah. team is right now. And and with that last little point you threw in there, a great uh, opportunity to flip over to the front office side of things with the Blue Jays, uh, because. As the year progresses, I'm sure Atkins and Shapiro are are constantly looking at ways to improve the the mainly the starting rotation uh, and any way to bolster pitching in general. I'm sure they're doing, but on those two guys just as a whole, I really love that when they took over, the city wanted to put them on a stake and burn them alive because they wanted to blow up the dream team and yeah. everybody freaked out. And I kind of sat there. I'm like, okay, like. I wouldn't mind, and I I liked what they did. I kind of thought I wouldn't mind them giving in another year, like let them play again for a year, let them try and run it back and see if we can make a push here, maybe add a piece, which they did, didn't work out, and then they blew it up. And I, I was okay with that, and everybody freaked out. And these guys are going to get run out of town, and these guys don't know what they're doing. And now look, like every chess move they've made pretty much so far is coming to fruition and it's the same thing they did back in Cleveland. Um, you didn't even realize it was happening. It was just kind of like all of a sudden, oh, shit, this seems really good. So it's funny that you say that um, because I had, um, as soon as you brought up Atkins and Shapiro, I was kind of going to use that to kind of, you know, segue into my next uh, similar point. But it's kind of two sides of the spectrum. So I can't in my, you know, in recent memory, I can't remember a front office that has gone from being so hated to all mm-hmm. of a sudden i mean look at this team and tell me that you have a bad word to say about atkins and shapiro the problem with atkins and shapiro coming in is yes you said they wanted to to break up the dream team which i mean that's the first taste of success that jays fans had had in ages so i mean people are on this huge high they're they're super happy with the team they want to keep i mean when your team's winning you want to keep every one of those players forever and the problem, too, is Alex Anthopoulos was so loved by this market. Like, absolutely yeah. adored by the Toronto market. Because he just and, made power move after power move after power move. Destroyed well, our farm awesome. system because of it, but oh, yeah, he, 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 he made nothing but power moves. Exactly, and that's what got, um, that's what got the Jays to the, the modicum of success. I mean, I don't say modicum. They were a successful team. They obviously they didn't go all the way, but, I mean, only one team gets to do that every year, so you can't really be that pissed off if your team doesn't do it. Um, but so their reputation has gone from, you know, basically trash in this market, or I guess you can't really call it a market because it's a nationwide team. I mean, it's, it's gone from we hate their guts to, I mean, I haven't heard anybody openly singing their praises, but they should be. And so that well, kind yeah. of me, like, go ahead, sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, uh, just quickly on that, uh, coming into last season, even pre-pandemic, the Jays were looked at like, they're going to be battling Baltimore for last place. They're a young team. Yeah, they've got some talent. But there are so many issues. They're just going to be fumbling it around and they're going to be battling for last place. And then they went and made the playoffs in a weird little pandemic wild card, but they did it. Um, yeah. And they play, and they and they beat everybody's expectations. We touched on it the last episode. Uh, and now this year, all of a sudden, like just one year later, still in a pandemic, they go out first series, take out New York at home with fans, looking very impressive. And now a lot of people are saying, well, if they can stay healthy, they can be a real threat in the AL East. Well, like that's and, a huge change. And what helps too is that and, and again, I need to preface all these points with like it's early, but the yeah. Red Sox look like shit. Oh god. 
<laughs> They're making Baltimore look good. There's a problem there. <laughs> That's tough to do. But um, back, like, back to where I was going, and, and you'd have more insight on this than I would. But speaking people in the Jays organization whose reputations were once trash, um, and where I'm going with this is the guy's reputation still is trash. Um, what do you think George Springer has to do to kind of, I mean, now that he's a Jay, I'm sure most Jays fans, I mean, I'm having trouble kind of nope, forgetting. I like where we're going with this. You know where I'm going with this. Oh, I like where we're going with this. He no, was I part. I got a, was, I got a take on this. He was part of the trash can team. So, yep. I mean, I, again, you get traded, especially, I mean, I like to think at least baseball-wise, Canada, I mean, because most Canadians, I mean, I'm a hybrid, as we've talked about, but most Canadians at least have a fair bit of loyalty to the Jays. And baseball-wise, we're fairly forgiving, I'd say. I mean, look at the reclamation projects that came out of Batista and Donaldson. I mean, they didn't have the same poor ethical reputation. I mean, not that George Springer was this, you know, mastermind behind this whole plan, but that's a little bit of a stain. And it makes you wonder what he'd have to do to make everybody kind of forget that. I mean, not even just fan base wide, but like maybe league wide, because, you know, if he puts up shitty numbers this year, everybody across the leagues and be like, yeah, see, you see what happens. So like, what do you think he has to do to kind of get rid of that? Um, yeah, no, and that's I absolutely have a take, and it might be a surprising one. Um, I think it's I think it's brushed under the rug already. I don't think the players give a shit. I don't oh, think I'm players in that locker players. room. Players probably oh, don't give half a shit. I'm you know what? For, for, for me as a fan, um, fuck me. I hate everything about the Astros. I hate everything about that scandal. I like. Yeah, I played baseball for so long and, and so much of it was basically like you compete and you go hard, but you don't do that. Like it was like, that's just like, it's just, that's the line that is just like, it's, it's so bad. Like Pete Rose looks like an angel compared to that shit. Like that is just so fucked and wrong. That's Um, something else we have to get into at a later date, but please continue. Yeah. Oh, put him, put him in the hall. Um, thousand percent, but yeah, we'll get on that a later time. Um, we want to stay on yeah, top. Like for- as, a, as yeah, as a as a part sports gambling podcast, like obviously we're saying put Pete Rose in the hall, but um, yeah, <laughs> back on track. Uh, it, it, like because he wasn't one of the like it was Bregman, Altuve, uh, Cora, Beltran, like those were the real ringleaders there. He was just guilty by association for the most part, I think. Um, and somebody might say you're bass backwards wrong, but from what I I've that, seen, I that's think that may be you trying to sweep it under the rug. <laughs> yeah, you think it's already uh, been swept under the rug. But but like I don't I I think, and it is you know what? It, okay, fine. I'm coming clean. It's a selfish Jays fan talking. Um, <laughs> I think he does so much good for the team as a as a veteran player who has won a championship as much as they were cheating. Uh, but he was on that high level team. Like he's he is a great player. Um, he's a he was one of the guys, pick, isn't he? 
Yeah, and he was one of the guys where when they came back and it was like, yeah, you can't steal signs anymore. He still just did well. Like he, well, he wasn't still played ball pretty well. Altuve no, oh God, Altuve was a joke for the first chunk of the season. It was hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't. I hate the situation. I hate that he was a part of it, but I've kind of forgiven him because I know how much good he can bring to the team and that he wasn't like if, if the Jays signed Bregman, I would be infuriated and I would not like it no matter what I same with Altuve, no chance, hate it. Don't want it. Um, and I was actually a big Bregman guy before the scandal. And now I just, no, 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 I'm out. Um, Springer call it hometown, hometown bias. I don't really give a shit. Fuck you. Uh, I like it. I like him. I like what he does for the team. So we'll see what happens. But he's also handled himself very well in the Toronto media, which can be an animal of its own. It can, but uh, I don't so, think it's the same baseball wise. No, I, it's I honestly not. think it's, it's I, and and you may tell me I'm an idiot for this, but I honestly think that the Toronto baseball market is, and I don't want to you know use a pun here, but I can't think of a better word. Like that's a bit of a softball market, is it not? I mean, the the network that airs the games, that's where the reporters that are asking you questions work. So, yeah. I mean, as much as I, at this point, I could care less. What's done is done. You're not going to go back and take the championship away from the Astros. Like, whatever. I mean, you can, it's, it's easier to, I mean, it's, he's not playing for the Leafs, is my point. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I understand. I, I think knowledge-wise, um, the Toronto market, and I guess I, I, whenever you say the Toronto market in baseball, you kind of have to say Canada as a whole. I think 2015-2016 kind of made us as a country a little bit more knowledgeable baseball-wise because for the first time in, what, since we were ages one and two, people gave a shit. People hadn't given a shit since Joe Carter. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, and yeah. again, I, I don't want to bring it back to me, but I was the guy when I lived in the States, I would, I was like, oh, I'm a Canadian kid. Oh, I love everything Canada. And I became a Cubs fan because the Jays were trash at the time. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, oh, yeah, well, I'm a Jays fan. Oh, where are they? Oh, they're actually third last. Uh, that That's my team. Thanks. And I was also in like grade one and two. So, I mean. People would make people would make make some fun in the uh, on the playground, but um, I, I think if the Jays had gotten better earlier, maybe there'd be a little bit more knowledge built in. But I think everybody, as a whole, I mean, again, as a hybrid Jays Cubs fan, I think as a country, everybody knows a little bit more now, and that's because of those Jays glory years. So, I mean, now hopefully people keep having reasons to pay attention because I'm paying a shitload of attention right now with how hot they are. And again, I keep saying this, it's still early, but it's hard not to get your hopes up. No, it is. And and just to wrap up that last little sprayer topic, though, because the one thing I liked about the locker room situation is Ross Stripling, who pitched in the World Series that the Dodgers got robbed of, uh, that uh, I believe Springer was. I believe Springer was the World Series MVP. He was. Um, I mean, I can. You know what? I'm gonna yeah. just. I, I'm 95% sure you're right. I'm gonna just double check. Yeah. Um, they like Stripling made a point that no. Nope, he, he absolutely. He absolutely was. Here. He went for 11. He went 11 for 29 with seven RBI, and he was the leadoff hitter. 
Yeah, which you know, that makes me sec. Yeah, makes me second guess his involvement that I just talked about in the cheating scandal. Maybe he was involved because those are ridiculous World Series stats. Okay, uh, but that RBI number as a leadoff hitter is that not disgusting? Seven RBI as the leadoff because that means you had people on base when it came back to you. The bottom of the order got on, which drills back to why I love. Which trails back to why I love the depth of the Blue Jays this year. That's basically exactly what I was talking about. The difference in that Astros team is the whole lineup was cheating to hit. So that's why there was always people on base when Springer came back up to bat. Yeah. So that's the difference. I mean, the Jays have to construct their lineup to make sure that there's a little bit of fear in the heart of the pitchers when you get to the 7-8-9 hole. But yeah, <laughs> they could, uh, and the Astros kind of did it on their own. They didn't really need uh, you know, to, to tinker with the lineup. They had people banging trash cans. I mean, you're again. You're you're the baseball guy. I'll defer to you. But that's kind of where uh, I mean. I'm happy that George Springer is a J. I uh, it'll be interesting yeah. to see how the rest of the league. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how he produces, and then and then everybody will make their decision from there. I I kind of need toward where you are right now. It's it's what's done is done. Who gives a shit? Just you know, let him play. But the yeah. problem with that is there's always going to be people like I know multiple Dodgers fans. Um, and they're kind of like me. They love the Dodgers, but they're Canadian, so they follow the Jays very closely. They're also Jays fans. And they're like, I can't believe we signed Springer. Oh, I can't believe we have Springer. It's like, well, you're a little bit too invested. Yeah, and I, uh, so I had an article that I was pulling up here. If you didn't notice, I got kind of uh, sidetracked. Um, (laughs) Just a scooch. Okay, yeah, so I was pulling up an article here and just to wrap up that Springer stuff, um, because he may have been a little bit more involved than I let on. (laughs) Um, but what he did do was when he came out, he was the only one out of the group, like the core on that team who didn't give a scripted answer to the media and was actually truthful in how like he felt terrible. And it was, he was actually remorseful where Altuve and Bregman were just kind of giving scripted answers about it. Uh, but he like it, the quote here is he's like, I feel horrible for our sport, our game, you know, our fans, our city, our organization, just fans in general, I regret everything. Um, so he he was one of the only ones who actually owned up to it and said like yeah, it was wrong. So <laughs> okay, like he may need to, he may need to kiss my ass a little bit more, but like I still like everything he bring, brings to the team. I mean that's that's a good way to win over Canadians is to be completely contrite and say I fucked up. Yeah, no, that's exactly <laughs> it. Um, also. Love the big boy word there because that's the exact word they used in the article was that Springer was very contrite in his answer. Hey, buddy, I'm a professional writing you. major. I don't fuck around with vocabulary. No, you don't. Um, <laughs> I mean, for a useless degree, I get to uh, get to just pull out one of those every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you've got anything on MLB to throw out. I've just got one last thing that needs to be touched on in terms. I feel of the like MLB you're going to say jump into he- hockey. Yeah, I feel like you're going to say exactly what I was about to say. And if you're wrong, I'll say mine after. But I'm about 99.8% sure you're about to say what I was about to say. Uh, so go ahead. I was going to say th- I was going to say three words, but like as I'm thinking it, it's turning into a lot more. Shohei Otani rakes and throws fucking diesel. Oh, that dude gosh. is ridiculous. So in, in, our, uh, in our text earlier... Um, it sounds a little stupid. Again, I said like I don't think that's happened since the turn of this uh, of the century. No, it wasn't. It was uh, like 1908. Yeah, but you know what's funny? 
um, we've had a different turn of this of a different century since then. That's how long it's been. Yeah. And also, it's yeah. not even like like oh yeah, he pitched and he hit a dinger. He right now, and obviously this can change because like I've been saying, it's early. Um, so he has the fastest recorded pitch so far of the season and the fastest recorded exit velocity. The man yep. is a mutant. Yep. Ridiculous. And uh, yeah, no, I, I had that up here as well. And it was sorry, correction. Uh, Got to be a stickler. Uh, 1903. 1903. Oh, hot damn. First, this was the first time since 1903 that a pitcher hit second in the batting order. And it had to have been before that since a pitcher hitting second in the batting order fucking hit a 450-foot home run on the first pitch. Oh, first pitch homers. That's – and, I again, you're the baseball guy. Correct me if I'm wrong. That is the most baller shit like that's so sick. I can't. There's no this hockey dude, equivalent to hitting a first pitch dinger. Like the dick swinging around, I'd be doing if I did that. So I haven't unreal. even seen. I haven't seen the highlight of his uh, of his dinger yet. Did he pimp it? Oh my! Uh, no, no. But he, no, because he's he's just more respectable than I am. Um, <laughs> It, 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 but like it was a no doubter like it was one of those ones where you heard the crack and you're like oh boy that's going for a while oh yeah. and and yeah it did it was like 450 second deck right center absolutely destroyed it and the 101 mile an hour pitch what it was the same inning like they were both in the first inning like oh my the guy God. is just ridiculous now the, the big asterisk with him is can he stay healthy because he's got a history of injury problems well, I mean, wouldn't you? You're basically yeah. pushing and then, you're pushing the human body to the limit of what it can do in two separate facets. A hundred percent. And and then last night he had a collision at home plate covering and people got a little ooh, a little scared. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean I mean I, I really hope he stays healthy. And yeah, I mean people I don't know. People have like pick and choose what they want, like what they cheer for in sports or whatever. I will always be on the side of history. I want to see history get made. I want records to be broken. Oh yeah. I, I, That's why I've always liked Tom Brady. I'm not a I'm not a Brady fan particularly, or like the teams he played on. But I like seeing history made. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like Tom Brady, I kind of want him to win next year now too, just to see how ridiculous he can make it. It's. I mean, it's. I know it's. I kind of like cheering for the favorite, but I mean, don't you want to be alive when records get broken? Don't you want to be able to tell your kids, like, oh yeah, well, you think this guy's good? You should have seen old Tommy Brady back in the day. Like, and honestly, like, I think we need to peg that for a whole nother segment on another podcast episode because I think we can go into a deep, deep hole of just in our lives the amount of sports we've seen. The, well, like yeah, the amount of sports I mean, history we've seen. We've like, lived through Tiger crazy. Woods' prime. So, yeah, we've seen yeah. some shit. Like, t- Tiger Woods and Tom Brady alone. You're like, yeah, nobody's going to do that ever again. We also were alive during, I mean, the back end of Gretzky's career. Like, we've, yeah. we've seen You've got shit. Kobe. You've got LeBron. You've got Federer. Uh, like, oh, yeah. Like, I didn't even think about Federer. Like, uh, uh, and, and like Kobe yeah, Federer and Nadal. Uh, Ronaldo, Serena Messi, Williams. Like, if you want to go that way, you as can well. go into any sport. The amount of sports history we've got to witness is just wild. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And 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 you know what makes me think though, 
and this is a little bit of a tangent. So, I mean, reel me back in if I get too far. Do you think that the further we go along, I mean, and this is kind of, you know, it's all kind of all encompassing with sports. If you sent an average, let's say, MLB player back 60 years, he would dominate, absolutely dominate. So my question is, are we going to see more, like, for lack of a better term, freaks? Or are we just going to see more and more people like, oh, yeah, we thought that we thought this many home runs was Un, like unattainable. I mean, I'm not counting the steroid era if for this particular example. No, but that like, never like, counts for any history book ever. Yeah, exactly. But like, let's say, okay, so I'll use a different example, like maybe pitch speed or, or something like that. Mm. Like, do you think we're just going to keep going up and up and up and up? Or do you think there's going to be a limit? Because I mean, there's kids getting Tommy John at 14. I, I mean, I had the, the typical goalie hip surgery at 24 and that was technically late. For most kids, I know Eric Comrie, who's a few years younger than me, had it done before he got into junior. So, are like, do you think sports-wise, are we going to see people just as as a sport just it get more and more ridiculous, or do you think we're still going to see people who are just head and shoulders above the rest? Uh, okay, so a lot to digest there. I know um, I, I didn't plan short, on going here, but I mean, it's just something. No, but I like where we went. I like where we went because short answer, yes, uh, because both are correct. Um, I think in terms of the Tom kids getting Tommy John and like that sort of stuff, I think those problems in the elbows, like, like for that, because you brought up Tommy John, I'm talking baseball, like pitchers specifically. Well, that's the best example Uh, other than hip surgery and goalies. And I'm speaking from too much of a place experience there. And you can talk about the same thing with like knee surgeries in football. Um, they're not quite to the level of Tommy John, but they're getting there. Where a lot of the times, like, so again, we'll bring, we'll wrap it into Tommy John. A lot of pitchers nowadays that get Tommy John, they actually say they feel better after they're fully recovered, after the surgery, and they're actually pitching harder. So I think, I think the, I think the doctors and stuff are just picking up on the problems that are going to lead to that a little quicker. So they're addressing the problem sooner and building basically a stronger elbow for the pitcher. So he comes back stronger and throws harder. Now, that's that own thing in terms of whether we're going to start seeing freaks or if we're just going to hit a limit. I think in a lot of sports, we're getting to the point where we're not going to see the freaks and like these athletes just get unbelievably good. I think we, and which is why I think we have a whole nother segment to go on about uh, the, the record stuff, because I think we're at a peak of like a lot of the sports records being hit because in baseball, they're talking about, uh, the baseball is being too tight and dialing that back and, and changing things and changing rules, um, changing shifts and stuff like that. In golf, you've got them talking about dialing the ball back and changing the equipment. Um, there's a lot of sports where they're talking about that kind of thing. So I think in the next decade or so, you're just going to see the rules change to dial stuff back. It's not going to be the athlete changes to catch up and and excel and become this super athlete, for lack of a better term it's going to be organizations are just dialing shit back. That's actually a great point. I didn't even, I didn't even consider that, but you're probably right. Yeah. That, there's probably going to be some restrictions upon how, how well people can perform because there's been yeah. a, obviously a steady increase in, in the level of human performance across all sports. And mm-hmm. it, it makes you wonder if there's a limit to the human body or if we're just going to find ways around it as we always have, 
One last thing on this, and I promise that, that I'm done with this with this uh, detour because I know yep. we were told that you know stay on track, stay on track. We keep it on track, which we did. Actually, we just we just we just got a little long. That's all. This is kind of perfect, actually. So, would you say we're done with baseball? Are we done with baseball? Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna actually ask you exactly that. Uh, what do you what do you got hockey wise? Spitball. Okay, so this actually this. You know, kind of dovetails perfectly. I we've used. I don't remember using that word like ever before we started recording. In the last two episodes, we've used it a million times. A lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this uh, this this fits well with the conversation because we're going to transfer over to hockey. But if we're going to talk about freaks in sports, and we need a better word for that, but I'm just going to keep going. I mean, it's kind of a compliment at this point. But um, so. I mean, you're the baseball guy. I think I'm more of the hockey guy. Do you know who Connor yeah, Bedard is? Nope. So Connor Bedard, he was granted exceptional status in the WHL last year. He's the first player in WHL history to be granted exceptional status, which is kind of sick, mostly because, I mean, I'd say 90%. Well, I mean, maybe there's not even enough numbers to to have a, have a good percentage-wise. Most people who have been granted exceptional status – have gone on and, and been exceptional players. Like you got Aaron Eckblad, John Tavares, um, Sidney Crosby, of course, uh, Connor McDavid. Um, I mean, then you also have guys like Sean Day, who last I checked was in the ECHL, and um, Joe Valeno, who's, I think he's in the AHL. I don't know if he's up with Detroit this year. But those, those all, everybody I just named were given exceptional status in either the Q or the O. Uh, the WHL, who does their draft a year earlier than those other two leagues. Um, so minor midget is the draft year for the Q and the O. The dub does their draft in uh, in Major Japan. So um, it's a little bit different. So giving exceptional status is something that would be a little bit weirder for them. But they finally caved and they gave this kid, Connor Bedard, exceptional status. And I'm looking at his stat line right now. And keep in mind, he's 15 years old playing in the WHL, which notoriously is the toughest, most physical junior league there is. Um, so I'm just going to break this down for you. And uh, once I'm done, please give me your reaction. So he's played 12 games for the Regina Pats as a 15-year-old. And I feel weird calling him this kid, but I'm going to anyway. This kid has eight goals and 14 assists for a total of 22 points in 12 games as a 15-year-old in the most physically taxing junior league potentially in the world. And also, this is not as important, only has two pins. If we're talking freaks, that's, and I'm not going to look it up, but I'm 99% sure I'm correct. At this 12 games into their um, exceptional status year, Crosby wasn't at 22 points. McDavid wasn't at 22 points. Um, was it Shane Wright? Is that a name? That's the most recent one who's in the O right now, captain of the Kingston and Frontenacs, who broke McDavid's record. He wasn't at 22 points through 12 games. So, I mean, most people who follow hockey pretty closely already know the name Connor Bedard, but holy shit, we could have an absolute record smasher on our hands because yeah, that's insane. I was uh, I was gonna say for a, a short time there that you're getting a little too excited over a 15 year old boy for my liking, um, <laughs> but terrible time because I just shit. took a sip of beer. 
<laughs> like, God damn it. Those are some stats. Holy tell me, fuck. You can't tell me I'm wrong. And, like, I know there's going to be people who pay more attention to the WHL. Sorry, we're from Ontario. But um, who's going to be like, Turn yeah, duh. We've been talking about this for, you know, weeks now. But Connor Bedard, I mean, anytime you break a record set by McDavid, I mean, it's worth paying a lot of attention. Because holy yeah. shit. That's bananas. No, banana lands. A lot of people like that. Keep that in there. Got to keep it going. Yeah. Also, and, um, and this, is, this is worth noting as well, I, I mentioned that it's the most physical junior league in Canada. Um, typically, uh, lowest scoring as well. The Q is usually just a goal festival. The O is somewhere in the middle. The dub is a lot of shutdown defense and, you know, has produced some good goalies. I mean, Carey Price being one of them. Um, so, yeah, 22 points in 12 games as a 15-year-old when he's probably, you know, taking his grade 9 or 10 geography tests on the bus from Rome, uh, from road games. Like, Jesus Christ. We, like, anyway, he, he could play on the World Juniors next year. Yeah. So, anyway. He'd look I'm like done. a goof with his mask on, but he, he would he would, he would play. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done going off about Connor Bedard. I just thought that was that was worth putting into our our hockey segment, especially because, you know, the accidental conversation about freakish stats came up. Yeah, no, that was yeah, no, great segue. Um, very yeah. professional. Hockey. Very professional. We, we can we are done with baseball. We can get into hockey now. I'm I'm good with it. Oh yeah, we can get into hockey. That was that, like I said, that was a professional segue. We said we were going to stay professional on this episode, and that was well done. Um, Thank you. I'm, I'm so, learning. We're all learning as we go here. We got this. Um, now with the with the NHL, uh, your pesky sentence are being real motherfuckers. <laughs> it's oh. it's getting to be very annoying. Can can I go on a? Can I just talk sense for? Oh, a, tan- I, I'll keep it to tangent a minute. away. Tangent away, because I'm gonna I'm gonna go in about the Leafs because I love how it's not even the Leafs that they're being pesky to now. It's just everybody. They're just yeah. being a pain in everyone's ass. They're, they're a fly play- in everyone's ointment. They're playing tonight, and I actually was streaming it before we started recording, and I stopped just to to make sure that uh, I wasn't getting distracted like I was last episode because I mean nobody needs to hear me wooing into their their car stereo. Anyway, well, and speaking um, of which, there's a Leaf game on literally right now against Calgary, and I'm here podcasting instead. Dedic- the dedication, professionalism that you and I have is to be written about. You know what? Good for us. I mean, I don't even know if the Sens won or lost tonight. I'm sure I'll find out once we're done because I'll check Twitter. I haven't even touched my cell phone. Like, we are getting, you know, people said stay on topic and stay focused. We are taking that to an extreme right now, and I'm here for it. Anyway, so I'm going to go on my quick Ottawa Senators rant. First of all, yes, I agree. They were doing way better than I expected. I expected us to, well, no, I shouldn't say I expected us to be Buffalo. Because Jesus Christ, that's historically shitty. Anyway, I expected us to Buffalo's, be. Hold on, hold on, yeah, hold on. Go for it. I don't on. want to glance over, gloss <laughs> over Buffalo for sure. Just, just let me get my Leaf fan little bit out for a second. Holy okay. shit! What a tire fire <laughs> Buffalo is right now. Oh my god. Sell yeah, the farm. Sell the team at this point. You're garbage. Anyways, please continue. Yeah, sell the team. The Pagula, the Pagulas would never. But I mean, if I'm Jack Eichel, I'm I'm faking injuries until they trade me. 
But yeah, anyway, so yeah, I'll, again, I know because most of the people that we know and the people, uh, you know, that would listen don't love the Sens. I'm going to be brief here. Um, yeah, they've been, they've been great. They've been, I shouldn't say they've been great. They've been great compared to expectations. I expected literally nothing. And that is more or less the basis, the basis of the whole Sens sicko movement, which I'm very much a part of, which is... We know our team's going to be bad, but we take so much joy in watching our bad team beat the team that's supposed to beat us or somehow screw like screw a team out of two points they were supposed to have. Like, for example, Calgary, they're already struggling. Um, they were supposed to probably beat the Sens two games in a row to get back in you know a playoff race, and then the Sens beat them twice in a row. So I love that shit. It's amazing. Um, they've yeah, defied all expectations I've had for this year. But to get a little bit deeper into the weeds, they signed two of their big uh, their big draft picks that are at the uh, University of North Dakota, which is huge. So they signed Shane Pinto, and they sh- signed uh, Jacob Bernard Docker. So those two guys are pivotal for their future going forward, and both of those guys are going to be with the club after their quarantine period is done. Um and I don't want to get too hyped up on on college guys, you know, in their first year because it's kind of been shown they they take a little bit to develop. Other than Kale McCarr, I mean, Kale McCarr went to the NHL and made it look like a joke in two weeks. So yeah. it's obviously not a hard and fast rule. Um, yeah. Not everybody's allowed to be a freak of nature, though. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not expecting Jacob Bernard Docker to be Kale McCarr, but I I am genuinely excited. I've been genuinely excited for this team's future for months now. But the fact that we, like I hate saying we, but it's, so, it's such a reflex. Um, the team signed those two players is huge for the team, mostly because I was so afraid that we were going to get, and for lack of a better term, I'm going to use the term Cal Peterson, or perhaps Jimmy Vc, because I think he did the same thing, where a team drafts you, you stay at college for long enough where and, and like you don't commit, you don't sign, and then you can sign with whoever you want. So I was worried yeah. that they were going to do that because Shane Pinto is a, uh, a Hobie Baker finalist. He might win the Hobie Baker. So I was worried that, I mean, he would have a lot of suitors if he wanted to, you know, ride out that, uh, you know, that con- not, not contract, but ride out the, um, the commitment to Ottawa. So I was a little bit afraid he was going to do that. But now that he's signed... Both uh, that he signed and um, JBD signed. I'm even more excited for the future, especially now. Forsberg in net has been great. Philip Gustafson's been great. Joey Decord was great before he got injured. People are going to shit on Ottawa as much as they're going to shit on Ottawa, but in two to three years, they may not be laughing as much, and that's. That's where I want to leave it. I'm sure I'm going to say more about Ottawa as this goes forward. Actually, you know what? Screw that. Um, there's one thing that I wanted to bring up, and I don't know if you watched this game. Hit me. Um, Probably didn't, but let's go. Get it to me. And But this is one thing that you can get behind. It's uh, people beating the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, yeah. I'm all about that. <laughs> That's like watching kids fall off bikes. I'm all, I can watch that shit all day. Oh, God, yeah. Kids falling off bikes is immediate comedy. But, um, so yeah, one, I mean, it's great to beat, beat the Canadians. It's always great to beat the Canadians, whatever, especially after, and this pissed me off. Um, 
I brought up the Send Sicko movement. It's this meme with this guy staring through a window with a sweater that says Sicko's on it. He's saying yes, ha, 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 yes. It's all about looking at our team, beating teams that are supposed to beat us. Anyways, if you want a full breakdown. Oh, hold on. Did cancel culture come after you for this one? No. Thank God. <laughs> um, but no, I'm, I don't want to get too into the weeds because people will stop listening. If you're really interested as to how the Send Sicko meme became, I'll tweet out the link. It's this Twitter user named Brochansky who, uh, who you know, created it. He's hilarious. He's a good follow on Twitter. Um, regardless. So um, the first game in the two-game set, the Habs beat the sends and then their twitter account posted the final score with the caption yes ha 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 yes which okay come on don't steal our bit you dickheads just because we <laughs> stole your just because we stole your own late chant when pajot buried three on you doesn't mean you can take this but so i feel like the sends took that personally because they beat them the next game and more importantly and this is the main point of this uh, and I swear to God, everybody who's going to get after me and my texts and whatever, I'm done talking about this. I'm about this. Brady Kachuk fought Shea my Weber. Ass. He fought Shea Weber. And yes, it wasn't the most exciting fight in the world. But, but he even, took care of himself. Well, even non-exciting fights have winners. Can we agree on that? Because apparently uh, some people Dude. in my family can't. Dude. Shea... He like Kachuk should have been put into a hospital, and yet he Weber should have absolutely thumped the shit out of him. Whether people want to argue, hold on. Whether you want to argue that people or people want to argue he won it or not, it doesn't matter. He should have hands down gotten throttled, and he didn't. Like, and like unbelievably good for him. I'm absolutely biased here because I fucking love Brady Kachuk, and I think he should be the next Senators captain. But if you're going to judge a winner of a fight, which, I mean, we're going to talk about MMA later, but you judge it on who lands the most punches and who lands a, who lands takedowns. Brady Kachuk yeah. landed way more punches and landed a takedown. So like I said, yeah. it might have been a bad hockey fight, but bad hockey fights have winners. And Brady Kachuk oh, yeah. beat Shea Weber in a fight, which... I won't disagree with that. That's got to do a lot for somebody's reputation. That's like, you it know... Does. Take, Taking a hatchet into a forest and finding the biggest tree and saying, this one's mine. It does, but I'm going to make a point on that too because I was actually just thinking the exact same thing because I thought, oh yeah, that should help his his reputation out um, around the league. People might not fuck with him as much. Um, I don't know though. Shea Shea Weber, uh, sorry Habs fans, he's a little bit of a pussy. Uh, He's not, it's not like he's known to fight and scrap people. Like he's a big boy. He should have throttled him. He should have, charred his ass against Matt Fratton the other night where he just ragdolled him around like it was Brian McCabe back in the day. But, Thank you for mentioning that so I don't have to. Yeah, but it didn't happen. It, it, he he actually borderline lost the fight. I think if, he, if it was a different quote-unquote lack of a better term enforcer, nobody saw me do air quotes there, but you did. Um, <laughs> I did. Like, I think it could have still been a different story because – like Weber just kind of tried to overpower him and then it didn't work out. You fight a guy in the league who's like an actual, not to be the least fan, but like Wayne Simmons isn't going to try to overpower you. He's just going to throw fucking bombs at your face and hope that one of them hits. Uh, there's other players like him in the league where they've got a bit more of an attitude than, than Shea Weber has, 
where I don't think that fight goes as well for, for Kachuk. But I think I there's agree. a lot of players in the league on the other end of that where they're like, okay, maybe I'm not going to get in his grill. Yeah. It's like when it's not dissimilar to when this was a few years ago and it's Max Domi. So that feels like it was like five teams ago, but this is when I think he was on the coyotes at the time when he one punched Ryan Kessler. And then everybody was like, okay, all right. Because it's, it's similar in the fact that people Kessler's were a little bitch though. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But people were afraid of, um, were afraid of Max Domi a little bit to start because of his dad. Yeah. And I think yeah. Brady Kachuk has the same thing. And, and yeah. here's one thing that I didn't know until after that fight. Um, Shea Weber played against Keith. Shea Weber's been in the league a long time. Yeah, Shea, Shea's getting old. Yeah, he is. And may, that probably helped Brady in that fight. I, it's probably true. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Shea Weber is a name and a, a big – earned or not, to your point, people believe that he's a tough guy to beat up. And I'm not saying Brady could try to beat him up, but – if we're we score boxing matches on decisions, we score MMA fights on decisions. If we're scoring that hockey fight, Brady Kachuk beat Jay Weber, and I did not expect to spend you know three to four minutes on one singular hockey fight. But here we are. Yeah. Well, and uh, and on that note, I'm shutting your send bullshit down. I'm over. I said that was the last thing. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. I went on way longer about the sense than I originally said I was going to. But part of that's your fault. Um, yeah, you're not so, right. Yeah. In in this case, um, I'll, I'll let you rant about the Leafs for as long as you want. So take it away, Matthew. Yeah. Yeah, we'll rant. Uh, we'll get ranting and raving uh, about the Leafs because um, there's a few things I want to note on them, obviously. Uh, people are going to notice that a lot of our Hockey talk ends up being Battle of Ontario talk because why wouldn't it be? You're a Sens fan, I'm a Leafs fan. We're both well, in Ontario. It's a natural thing. I have a point about that. If mm-hmm. we weren't, if like if the North Division didn't exist, we wouldn't have that. The problem is we only see each other's teams. Like yeah, I don't, we're playing each I other don't like twenty times a year. Florida, other than the fact that Sasha Barkov is gross and Bobrovsky yeah. sucks and Dreger's good. Like that's. Yeah. Name one team. I have three points at maximum. Yeah, and and to be fair to us, even like analysts on TSN and and other networks in Canada have come out saying like, I struggle to pay attention to what's going on south of the border because all the teams we're supposed to pay attention to just play each other. So yeah, that 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 is fair to us. Uh, yeah. But anyway, on, before I dive, I, I will not yeah. you know tell you to cut it off because I went way no. over. So go for it. Uh, before I even dive into them, because I will keep it a, a more broad spectrum Canada hockey, because um, Vancouver's in a real shit spot right now. I mean, are we talking standings or are we talking COVID? Oh, no, we're 100% talking COVID. Like, oh. they are in a tough... You know how much I hate pickles. They are in one. Oh, okay. It is did a tough, read... tough situation for the Vancouver Canucks. Oh, it's it's a nightmare. But did you read Damien, um, what's his name? Oh, the guy that everybody hates. What's his name? Damien There's Cox. There's a few of them. Damien Cox. Oh. Jesus. Did you hear his take? Basically saying no. that it's unfair 
because uh, Vancouver's going to have all these canceled games and they're going to be way more rested than the other teams, despite the fact... They're rested with of, COVID. Yeah, one of the most, you know, the predominant uh, symptom of COVID is fucking fatigue. And yeah. long-term what lung rest? damage is very much on the table with this Brazilian variant. So, again... Fuck yourself, Damien. You know, goes that goes great for cardio and hockey. Yeah, long-term yeah. lung damage and hockey cardio really add up. Dick nuts. But yeah, I mean, I don't want to say thoughts and prayers because it's the most re- American Republican phrase of all time. But I, I really do. I, I hope for the best for all the all the Canucks. I mean, this is it's a shitty situation. Yeah. Yeah, and like they haven't been playing hockey. So there's not much to talk about in relation to their actual hockey as much as they've been pretty bad this year. Uh, they were starting to seem like they were maybe figuring it out, and then this happened. So it really sucks for them. Feel for their their organization, their fan base. That sucks. I yeah. I would be infuriated if I didn't get to watch any Leaf games because half the team had goddamn COVID. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there because it's a shit time for that West Coast fan base, and I don't want to be we're too think- Ontario centric. So we'll we'll yeah we'll throw some love over there, and hopefully that sorts itself out and. Like fuck, even if they can get some of the games made up, like get something going there. That but that's a tough, tough situation for for them and the NHL. Like I don't know how they're gonna figure it out either. Yeah, well, and you, they're talking bubble again, eh? Yeah, it, I, it's I know. being thro- it's being thrown around. I don't think the players will agree to it, but they they are they're talking bubble again. No. Then you're get yeah, because then you're getting into the whole NHL versus NHLPA mess again, and it's just gonna be a disaster. Yeah, never goes well. But uh, yeah, anyways, Leafs, baby, let's go. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm ready. I'm for not this. not hating the way they're playing right now. Um, I'm hating the way some of their lines are playing at times. Uh, specifically, the Tavares line. They're coming on, under a lot of heat right now for good reason. Um, last we talked, I think I think last we talked on the podcast, Matthews was still having that bit of a wrist injury. That seems to have kind of fucked off a little bit. Very much um, seems that he's back shot-wise because he scored a couple lasers since then. Yeah, and probably had a would have had another one last night. He was right in the sweet spot and his stick exploded on him. But, you know, such is life. Yeah. Um, but the main person and discussion I would like to have on the Leafs, uh, which is right up your alley. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, yes. Goaltending talks are always my wheelhouse. Let's do this. And has never been a positive topic in Leafs Nation. It's always been goaltending problems, mainly the backup goaltending problems, which is the the main point of this topic in this conversation. I love Jack Campbell. I love everything about him. I'm on board with that. He's been playing great, and and by all accounts, he's a great person, so... Like, I, every time I see him in the media, he seems like nothing but a stand-up guy. Like, the other night after he got the win against uh, Winnipeg, goes in the media, all he has is nothing but good good things to say about Hellebuck and how good he is. Granted, Hellebuck is, <laughs> is fucking unreal. But, oh, did you hear Hellebuck like, basically did the same thing to him, eh? Because they're both, uh, yeah. like, I mean, American... They played, what, was, it Mich- was it Michigan? Um, or was it they play together? Where was, I thought Hellebuck was a UMass guy. Um, it might have been Massachusetts. Well, the the best, I maybe they crossed past at the U.S. National Development Team. That's pro, that's my best. Oh guess. yeah, that could have been it. Without looking yeah. it up, and I'm Over sure I was should. a UMass guy. Yeah. But anyways, but yeah, um, I, but no, I, I, I love I love the development program. 
Yeah, I love Jack Campbell, stand-up guy in the media. Isn't he? I'm pretty sure he's still undefeated now. Is he not? I think he's seven zero and yeah, seven zero and zero or something like that, or seven zero and eight zero and zero. Eight zero and zero with a one point three five goals against average. Like, Which, so my thing is I'm amazing for him. Um, mm-hmm. Most backups when they're thrust into that role. They can't carry the the role. They can they can't carry the weight. Sorry, they can uh, they can probably put together four or five. And and Jamie McLennan is one of the guys that, that is a big uh, proponent of this. Yeah, you can get a backup in for four or five, but then eventually he starts to wear down. Um, I mean, I'll you go ahead on this. I have a point about Jack Campbell that if we get to it, we get to it. If we don't, we don't. But you just keep going. Yeah. Well. Uh, the only other thing I was going to say, kind of what you were saying about fatigue and and. I think uh, Noodles uh, said exactly that on Overdrive the other day that Campbell's shown that he can he can probably give you four or five games in a row and and give you good starts. What point does he start to fatigue? And then you've got Hutchison coming in behind him, which you know my opinion on that. It's not a good one. Um, oh, I know, and I also disagree so, with your opinion on that, but that's a different yeah. story. So there's some, and, and, and you know what, I'll give credit always where it's deserved. He's been, he's been pretty good. The last few games he's played, uh, after it was live on the last podcast where he let those two soft ones in. Yep. That was a bad game for him. I mean, I'm not going to make any excuses for him there. Yeah. And I absolutely lost my mind. Pardon me. I had to go let my cat out of the room. The HR department has left. It's time to get saucy. And my Um, HR department's been up, uh, up in bed for this entire time. So I've just been, uh, (laughs) He keeps me on a tight leash, apparently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, so <laughs> it's uh, – the, 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 the fatigue problem is, is a problem that, that can come up for sure. Um, does he stay this hot can be a problem for sure. Uh, the benefit to that side of things is as much as it's unfortunate due to injury, Freddie Anderson is getting a shit ton of rest that he never gets. And the question mark is always how much rest can you give Freddie Anderson? How many games is he going to have to play? How tired is he going to be come playoff time? Well, the way it's working right now, he's getting a ton of unintentional rest. And one, it's like the second half of the season, he's coming back from an injury. That third quarter of the season-ish is him getting back and shaking the rust off and getting back into game shape. And then as a optimistic Leaf fan that I am, you're hoping that that means the last quarter of the season, he's starting to get hot again, coming right into playoff time, which a hot Freddie Anderson coming into the playoffs has not been a luxury that we have had in ever. Yeah, of course. Especially, I mean, the, the upside is his weakness against the Bruins will not be exploited unless the Bruins make the, make it to the conference finals. And I love where you're going with that because that takes me on to my ultimate problem, which is one that you and I actually haven't discussed. It scared the shit out of me last night. Um, let me just bring up the standings here real quick because everybody and as a Sanders fan, so, I have not looked at the standings all season. Yeah, nor and nor should you. So <laughs> I uh, again love the way the Leafs have played with Freddie Anderson being out because they're still staying at the. I think they're what six points clear in the division now. Um, and, and they don't, there's not the, other than Montreal, Montreal, I think is the only team that's got a bunch of games at hand, but even if they won all of them, they can't catch them. Um, so like they're doing good with Freddie Anderson being out. They're still finding ways to win games. I love that. Again, big part of that, uh, Campbell, 
But what scares the shit out of me is a big part of this high level Leafs performance is coming from playing in the North division. Yeah. Uh, and that's fair you, to say. You've got like, so I'm looking at the standings right now. The Leafs are the, they're, they're sixth. Oh, if you look at overall standings, the Leafs are sixth overall. And granted, that's only three points out of first. So they're right there for top in the league. But when every other team in your division is outside the top 10, mm, that means you should probably be at the top of the league, if not way at the top of the league. Yeah, if you're, most you're of your division. Sparring matches. Yeah, if most of your division is in the bottom half of the, and 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 it is like so Edmonton, Winnipeg and the Canadians are in in between 10th and 15th. And then after that, the the like other three teams, the the Flames, the Sens, is it just the three, the two? Flames, Sens. Canucks are Oh yeah, so Canucks it would be just them. are tied with the, the Flames, although they have two games in hand. Oh yeah, 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 right. Oh yeah, yeah, so Canucks. So all of those Three teams are in the bottom five in the NHL. I pulled up the standings just so, so we're clear. Yeah, so, so, so you've we're all got the same info. <laughs> yeah, so you've got the Leafs, and then you've got three teams between ten and fifteen, and then three teams between twenty fifth and last. So when that's the case, like I just said, you should probably be waxing every team that you play, other than like Winnipeg and Edmonton. Those will give you tough games, and the Senators apparently decide to be pricks every time we play them. So whatever. Yeah, but that's true. what I'm worried about is, okay, we're going to have this great regular season and like, we might finally get out of the first round and, you know, win our division. And then as soon as we have to play one of those other teams from below the border, that's had to play in these actual grueling, like, I know one of the divisions is also pretty shit. So it's not all of them, but like one of the divisions is fucking stacked. Whoever, where, where's Boston in Boston's divisions, just disgusting. That's not uh, even where, where I was going to go with that. I was going to go to uh, to the Central Division where it's Florida and Tampa one two. Oh yeah, I Florida, think... Tampa, Hurricanes, Nashville, and Nashville's not even really playing great. But but Washington, the Islanders, Penguins, Boston, Philly. That's Philly's kind of shit. But yeah, Washington, Islanders, Penguins, Bruins, all in the same division. That sucks. Oh, it's a gauntlet. It's I mean we 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 talked about this obviously before we had a podcast. But we talked about this um, before the season that, you know, every time that there's a, a World Cup, there's always a group of death. And the yeah. East Division is the group of death. Yeah. But anyways, that kind of wraps up my, like, that's what I'm worried about with them. Like, that's, they're going to hit that. The, the, sure, they win the division and they go to whatever conference final thing there would be, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and get waxed. Because they're going to actually face a good, solid team that can go seven games against them. My, my, I, I don't want to say problem. My, uh, I guess here's why why I agree with you. They will they will likely get out of the first round. Um, yeah, it'll be the first time in a long time. Good for them. Um, they'll likely get out of the first round. They're going to get if things pan out the way they should. They're going to get Winnipeg in the second round. Um, yeah. They'll probably well, I, beat... I, I love that matchup, and you know that. I know, but they probably will beat Winnipeg. The problem that the Leafs will have with that matchup is Winnipeg is they're a lot pounded. more of a physical team. So yeah, they're going to get their shit kicked in. Yeah, so they, but... might, they might win in yeah, six no, or seven, true. but 
they might lose a couple players in the process. They're going to be banged up. There's going to be guys playing injured. And beyond that, I mean, that's secondary to the point that I wanted to make to you. Do you still have the standings up? Because I'm, I'm going to yeah, run uh, Yeah. I'm going to run through this quick. And, and this is, I mean, I hate to, I hate to, you know, encourage your fears, but I'm just going to run through the, what I think, especially in a season like this, because everything, this is unprecedented. I mean, that's an, the most overused word uh, during COVID is unprecedented. But we kind of have to look at standings differently. And the way I've been looking at it, what I think the most valuable stat is, is points percentage. So let me just rifle off the division leaders in points percentage per division. Mm-hmm. So the Central Division, or I mean, if we want to get sponsorships, we have to call it the Discover Central Division. Um, so first place in that division is Florida at 0.718. Second place is Tampa at 0.711. Third place is Carolina, which, by the way, Carolina, holy shit. They're, they have two games yeah. in hand on Florida, one game in hand on Tampa, and they're only three back of Florida. So they could they win both those games, they take first place. Anyway, that's not the point. So we're going to move on to, let's keep uh, potential sponsorship opportunities going. The Honda West Division, where Colorado, their points percentage is .730. Vegas is in second at .694. And also another surprise, just while I'm here, Minnesota is hey, in I know people shit on me for being a hybrid Jays-Cubs fan. For a long time, I was a hybrid Sens-Wild fan. I, uh, the amount I freaked out when Nino Niederreiter went bar Mexico against Colorado in game seven in like 2014 is, uh, I think I woke my parents up that night. Anyway, not important. Um, so the mass mutual East division first place is Washington at 0.711. Second place Islanders at 0.684. Um, so I don't know if you noticed, but, for all of the division leaders, their points percentage, uh, after the decimal point, there was a seven. We get to the Scotia North Division. First mm-hmm. place is the Leafs at six nine seven. And again, to your point, and I hate to say this as a Canadian, but the North Division is just dog shit in comparison. So if you have a six nine seven in the worst division in the league. I don't, I mean, I love your chances of getting out of the North. I love your chances of getting to the conference finals. But for the love of God, I hope you stay healthy because you're going to be in tough against whoever the hell else makes it there. And what's important to mention, Tampa has got a .711 winning percentage. Um, They have one game in hand against Florida. So if they win that, they'd be tied. They don't have Nikita Kucherov. Nikita Kucherov won't come back till the playoffs. So Tampa is being Tampa, basically, without their best player. So I think you might have a point about being worried about the Leafs. Yeah, and just to wrap up on that, because, again, I I agree with all of that said. Now, the one optimist silver lining feather in the air that I'm trying to go chase is... That again, the injury to Freddie Anderson, like we're not the team that we should be because we should have our actual starting goalie in net. 
whether yeah. he's been good or bad, he is at the end of the day better than Campbell and Hutchison. There's no arguing that any day of the week. So that that can play a factor in some of the losses that we've taken. And part two, just as the Canadian division as a whole, I like to take some solace in thinking that the Leafs, Oilers, and as much as the Leafs have just buried the Oilers this year, the Leafs, Oilers, and Jets just beat the shit out of each other. And 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 that's evening it out a little bit and keeping one team from really excelling past the others and, and then therefore overall actually being in play or even two teams or even the three teams, like those three teams just absolutely burying the others. It's not going to happen. Calgary's going to come out and win a game against you. Uh, Ottawa's being the peskiest pieces of shit in the league right now. They're going to come out and win games against you. Yep. Uh, Vancouver was before COVID was again starting to find, figure the way out. So they'll win some games against you. The bottom half, I guess, isn't as bad. They started off terrible, but they've started to play better. Uh, I'm probably also just making excuses, but whatever. Uh, I don't think the Canadian division's as bad as it seems, but if you look at the numbers right now, it does have cause for concern. If yeah. we're doing level of concern, shout out overdrive, I'm like a six pack. Yeah, I'm not, that's... I'm not, I'm not Nick Cage. Don't never you ever tell me to stop again. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm not uh, a cool cold one on the patio either. I'm, I'm in between having a bit of a panic attack. Um, but anyways, we'll move on from that because that's kind of, that's, unless you've got something else to throw out uh, on the NHL, I was down to jump into the PGA's last couple of weeks. The last thing I wanted to say about, uh, I guess, the NHL, and I, I wanted to to bring it up in regards to your point about the Leafs goaltending. Um, yeah. I, I do understand that, obviously, Freddie Anderson getting rest is important. Um, my thing is the stats that Campbell and Hutchison have put up combined in Freddie's ab- absence are better than Freddie's career average. So what you worry about is that like, obviously, Campbell's on a hot streak. I don't know if he can mm-hmm. sustain it. I don't know if he vaults himself into a number one just because he has eight hot games. That's extremely unlikely. I mean, look no. at Andrew Hammond. Zero percent chance. He had a hot 30-some-odd games, and he's in the AHL now. I mean, I love the Hamburglar, but sorry, that's the reality. You yeah. worry that if Anderson comes back, he's not as hot as Campbell was. I'm not saying that he's worse than Campbell. By no means am I saying that. And also, there's another thing that you have to take into consideration. Uh, And this is coming as a goalie and as somebody who, at the highest level I ever played, was a third string. I knew for a fact that when I was in net, my team was playing better defense than they were when our starter was in net. They would because, and especially now that I'm playing in in which they and the Leafs, the Leafs are doing right now. It's noticeable. They've talked about it in the media. Like they're playing noticeably better defense, trying to help out the two behind them. Absolutely. Because you don't have, and it's human nature. You do not have the same level of, of confidence. You're not going to make that one extra move. You're not going to try and make that fancier pass because you're, you don't have the same level of confidence as to who's behind you. I've had this conversation with my men's league teammates all the time when they do dumb shit. And I have to bail them out. And I'll say, well, why'd you do that? And their response is, because I knew you had it. So, well, what if I didn't? Like, mm-hmm. it's, 
the the confidence that forwards and defensemen get depending upon who's behind them varies drastically so you have to wonder and again this is the goalie in me talking i may end up being the most wrong person that anyone's ever been about anything but i mean that is something that you have to worry about because they might say oh freddie's back you know it's a green light you know we're going to try that try that stretch pass have him get picked off and then it's in your in the back of your own net i mean it, it makes no sense in regards to you should play the same defense regardless of who's in net but that's not the reality but anyway no. that that's my only it, point yeah. in regards to that but yeah, and before so we'll move on to the PGA here um, because without answering that with a rebuttal, I'm gonna go record scratch. I'm gonna let you. <laughs> Two weeks I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you snip the portion from about five minutes ago, or ten minutes ago, where I went on about Freddie Anderson's like second half coming back off an of injury. Uh, he'll be rested, get his groove back in the third third quarter of the season while Campbell can still be in net because that basically answers all of that. Campbell Campbell goes back to playing a game here and there. Freddie Anderson shakes the rust off in the third quarter of the season, comes back hot in the fourth quarter. But I'm going to wrap up that because I answered that before. So let's move on to the PGA. Um, the, the topic that we spent way too much time on last week, apparently, but let's rage. Let's do it. But we're just going to breeze through it because no, but there wasn't a whole lot going on. But we actually have something to talk about this time. I mean, it's not often that somebody who hasn't won since 2017 wins. Yeah, but I wasn't even actually going to go there to start. All right, I you, was, you do what you want to do. We'll, I, we'll get to him. I was going to go, yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up with him because the first topic will be quick. Because uh, we, obviously, this other tournament happened and it was a WGC. We got to talk about it. It was a, it was a World Golf Championship since yeah, the last course. podcast we aired. Yeah. Um, but... The reason we're not going to talk a lot about it, it was one of the most boring final rounds of all time. Billy Horschel against, uh, oh, fuck, what's his name? I don't even remember. It was just so bad. Um, but anyways, Billy Horschel wins. Fun times. Uh, was it? Oh, Scotty Shuffler. Right. Or, right Scotty yeah. Shuffler, Texas. It was. Playing it, was Austin. it was Scotty Shuffler. Um, I looked that up. But yeah, going, yeah, so going from that, um, nonsense and garbage, and one Texas boy. It not is nice to see to Billy get a win, though. I do. I don't mind Billy Horschel. Yeah, but we'll go from the Texas boy who couldn't pull it out and win in Austin to the other Texas boy in Jordan Spieth, absolutely pulling it out in the Valero. Yeah. Um, which is nice because he's really been. He's. I'm not even the biggest Jordan Spieth fan. He's been in the hunt nonstop lately. He's, he's come back a great deal. I know we used this quote last week, but, but like if, if your whole game relies on being a great putter, you're not a good golfer. But he's kind of – because he lost his putting for a bit, and now he seems to be, you know, he's been money from like anything under nine feet. He's been making it. And that's, that's what he needs to do to win, and he's been great. So I'm happy to see him back. Yep. No, I, I like it. I like that – uh, you know, it's nice to see him win, and what a good time to get in the form because we have a very, very, very big weekend coming up in the golf world. Yeah, we do. So that was going to be my next question. Does Spieth winning change how you view the Masters at all? Because for me, it doesn't. But I mean, No, for me, it doesn't either. That that 12th hole is going to haunt him for the rest of his days. Um, yeah, that's a valid point. 
No, I don't think so. I think there's other guys that are are a little like again, he's been in the hunt for a while, but he's been in hunt at blah blah, not so much meaningful tournaments. This is the sure. Masters. I get he's done it a couple of times, but that was when he was the next phenom Tiger Woods and people were giving him way too much credit. Um so nope, I don't think it changes things for me. Um Do you think Brooks I like plays? guys that can I like guys that can hit fairways and um that can putt. Yeah. Uh, you need to hit fairways because you got to have the spin control. You got to be able to putt because <laughs> it's Augusta. You you can't win the Masters and not be a uh, have a hot putting week. So. Um, so I haven't made my pick yet. I haven't. It, uh, do you think Brooks tees it up? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I think I, I call I call Brooks top ten. Really? That's oh, a yeah. pretty handsome bet at this point. Coming oh, off yeah. an injury. Oh yeah, pretty, I think I call Brooks top ten. Pretty penny. It's a major baby. He's not there just to be there. He's there so, to win. If he was not is... healthy, if, if if with the way he with his cocky attitude, I'll just finish with this: with his yeah, cocky prick it. attitude, and it being a major and the record that he has in majors, he wouldn't come back there off of injury if he didn't think he was going to play well. I agree, and and this kind of feeds into my point about Brooks Kepka. And we, uh, I dislike him, and you like him for the I same reason. For the same reason, I I hate the fact that he has seven career professional victories, and I'm counting European Tour, and four of them are majors. Whereas Rory oh, McIlroy can win whatever the hell he wants, apparently. Except he's only ha- he only has four majors as well. If you put their careers side by side, you can't tell me that Brooks has had a better career. Just because they have the oh. same number of makers. Like, dude, I undoubtedly, no question about it any day of the week, will say that Rory McIlroy is the better player. Good. That's all doesn't, I need to doesn't, hear. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, change, doesn't change the fact that I love Brooks Kepka being a golf industry troll. Uh, yeah, love that. He's kind of made me like him a little bit more because he's been kind of a social media piece of shit. Um so I, I know we didn't like plan a, a format here, but like if you had to pick, you know, give me three picks. Who do you think is going to win? Give me three. Well, that's what I was. I actually was just about to say that when I was wrapping up, like introing the Masters. There, I haven't even really looked. I have no. So idea. we've done the same amount of research, and it's Monday of Masters week. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Sorry, man. I still I've have names, no, I still have names in mind, but I, I have done I, a similar amount of research. I've had egg salad and pimento cheese sandwich recipes on my mind. I'm not. Oh. I wasn't worried about my pick. I, I got a golf that. round Sunday morning. I we've we've got egg salad and pimento cheese for the afternoon and an yep. absolute boatload of beers. We're gonna be fine. Yeah, for the um, listeners that don't get to join us, we also um, we've made the plan where I'm making the uh, pimento cheese mix. He, uh, the Masters pimento cheese mix. He's making the Masters egg salad mix. And we're buying a loaf of Wonder Bread. And we're going to be real fat by the end of this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Um, ooh, right off the top of the list, I like Abraham Answer as a dark horse. That, okay, so he wasn't in my top three, but I debated putting him in. I, I, I don't I like mind that him. I would give him he he's probably he would pay out good money for a top ten, and I think you could probably take that probably to the bank. 
I like I I like our boy Corey for our top ten too. Ooh, I would like that a lot. He's 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 a he 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 likes the fairway. If he gets hot with the putter, he'll have a good tournament. But it, but the problem with him is he has squirrely weekends where his putter is hot garbage, and he'll he'll shoot a million. You're right. I, I'm thinking in regards to yeah betting and stuff. I know we we haven't talked much about gambling so far in this pod, but I think I'll just sprinkle the board a little bit because I'm thinking. I mean, I'll let you do your top three, but I'm going to do a lot of sprinkling for top tens. I don't know if I'm going to bet winner because winner. I mean, that's a no, top I one. won't be betting winner. No chance. Yeah. I'm doing a salt guy. I'm doing a salt guy sprinkle all over the top ten. Yeah. See, I'm just gonna I'm gonna sprinkle a lot of top ten. So. Oh god, right. that's how old I am. I said salt guy. Isn't it Salt Bay or something like that? I don't know. Yeah, it's, I, it's I, probably I, even old now. Fuck me. As soon as you said salt guy, I knew who you meant, but I wasn't gonna be the one to say like that's that's not how he's known. Yeah, yeah that's an old <laughs> people thing. That's that's a that's a we're pushing thirty oh, thing. Oh, that you know, pepper gentleman. Fucking, that's like our parents saying Pokemon back in the day. <laughs> it's pokemon me. mom remind me i have to get into that at some point um because uh, my headphones that i have for my uh like the phone that i have right now died so uh my with the walks with my dog i got back into pokemon go because i had nothing else to do so uh, we'll talk oh. about that john rom put him in my top 300 yeah just okay. thank just you for the factor that he just had a child yeah, he's got more motivation now. <laughs> oh, he's got dad mojo. Oh, Remember when funny. Phil almost won? But he, yeah. but he lost, but he was just about to have his kid. John had the kid. Game over. Yeah. I might take I might change my I might take John Rom to win. So I Remember that when we were, we watched this together, it was um the one where Patrick Reed won, which I wish I could erase from my mind. Um do you remember when John Rom, I think it was on 14, whatever, he was crossing the bridge? And he had like crumbs from his protein bar and he was feeding the fish in the creek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of my favorite golf moments of all time. He's distracted feeding fish in the creek at Augusta National. That's how you know that guy plays pretty carefree. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so, I, so, okay. so one of your three is I got John. John okay, so I got John Rom. I got John Rom. I got Xander Shoffley. Uh son of a bitch, that was one of mine. I'll change mine if and, you take. Uh, and I've got DJ. That's it. That's my okay. top three. All right, cool. That's I'm writing fair. it down right now. You heard it here first. All right, so I got to take uh, Shoffley off the board for me. So that's going to be tough. Um, I'm kind of on, and he got a lot of shine on our last episode, obviously. Um, I'm kind of on the JT train a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, think I was debating I, him. I was debating him. I think Justin Thomas will have a good week. I, I really do. Um, so beyond that, somebody that, I mean, he's kind of like maybe sixth or seventh line-wise, I'd say. But I think Colin Morikawa could could go off. Yeah. Like I was I, looking at him too. Every single he's too accurate. He's he hits that safety cut. He hits that just little fade all day long. And also. Long irons wise, I mean, no one's ever going to compare to Tiger long irons wise, but his long irons are nice. Yeah, real nice. Yeah. So, so I'm yeah, I'm going to say JT and Colin Morikawa, and because you threw me off by taking Xander, um, I think beyond that, I I want to say Tony Finau, but I'm not gonna because no, you can't, you can't trust it. No. Um, I can't. 
and, I can trust and him I will, three rounds. I will allow you to take John Rom as your third, even though I, I did on, I on special circumstances. I mean, I do agree that John Rom is probably going to be in contention on Sunday. Um, I kind of I'm waiting for Victor Hovland to go off in a major, and I'm hoping this is the one. He just I and, and I thought the same thing. He struggles chipping every now and then. He just has a really, really bad chipping week. And yeah. that's not the golf course that you can have a bad chipping week. Yeah, no shit. And you know what I find funny? And I thought about it, but I didn't. Neither of us said Rory McElroy. No. Because I, I he's I want him to know. win a green jacket. You can have him. I, <laughs> I want him to win a green jacket. Like if he wins, I will be super jazzed up. Do you remember what tournament? I think it was like 2017 that we got bombed after he won because we were so jazzed up that he won because we were both big Rory guys at heart. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's just I don't have any faith in him anymore. I yeah. love him to win a green jacket. I'm with you on just, that one. I have a tough time putting any faith in him. Like. Basically, he's he's basically the Senators. I don't expect much, but if he performs, I'll, I'm ecstatic. Yeah. So that's why right. I'm out of Re- the Masters, but yeah. So that's basically. I mean, that's all I got for the Masters. I don't know if you have anything else or uh, what you wanted to move on to, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's it's going to be a big week. Yep. No, it is. That's kind of all I've got. I didn't even have a, a winner pick, so I didn't have a lot prepared on the do Masters. We just kind of caught on there because it is this no? week. No, I did. I, I I ended up doing it. It was John Rom. Oh, John, John Rom. John Rom. New dad. New dad. Yeah, He's my guy. You did, you did that. I, that's on me. Um, let me throw a quick winner in just off the cuff. You know what? I'm going to JT as a winner, and then we can, we right. can move on. All right. Right. Because we've been on uh, yeah, so we were going to go on a little bit about MMA, um, but we're going to hold that off till our next podcast because we are hoping that we will have our first uh, interview on the podcast. He will hopefully, uh, he's one of the top welterweight fighters in MMA in Canada. Um, so we're hoping to land him for the next podcast and the stuff we we're going to touch on on the MMA this week. Uh, we'll just dive into them on the next one because uh, one we're of them is no, we're not experts by any means. And speaking of not being experts, that's the fight that we're going to uh, dive into him with a little bit. Like we'll get obviously his professional opinion on MMA, uh, but we're going to dive into the the Paul versus Askren fight. That's just a joke um, and an attention seeking money grab, but I'm into it and I'm really hoping like, I'm really hoping that this turns into a King Kong versus Godzilla type deal because you and I have had debates about that, that that oh, movie man. should be 10 minutes long maximum. Okay. Um, that I'm hoping now that he, as much as Askren's not a actual fighter and boxer, like I'm hoping that because he's got that championship fighter mentality and all that stuff, he can actually do something. If not, whoever the Paul brother faces next will become Jake Jake, I think Logan's the older one yeah Jake Paul that sounds about right I don't know he's a dickhead Um, they both are but but eventually down the road at some point you and I both think it's going to become what we think that stupid Godzilla versus King Kong movie should be like I said over in 10 minutes yeah like how 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 do you make that movie two hours long please explain to me 
my opinion about that movie, and this is how speaking you know of that, pointless, stupid fights. Yeah, let's uh, dive into this one. Fights made for attention and money rather than content and actually enjoyment. Um, yeah, I, I'm ninety nine percent sure if we haven't been living through a global pandemic for the last year and a bit that this movie doesn't get made. This is an no. absolute. This is. Oh, what will people watch? Oh, okay, we're going to have Godzilla fight King Kong. That is, oh my god. You might as well have some like some amateur boxer fight Muhammad Ali in the 60s. And this, it makes no sense to me. It should be 10 minutes long. It Honestly, it should never happen. And I, I could go on a rant about this, and, but before I do, I, wa I want you to chime in that. Well, I just like the one thing I always bring up is in one of the trailers, they kind of do that thing where they show each each fighter's like highlight, like, oh yeah, look what he can do, look what he can do. Uh, and when it, so when it's King Kong, they're like fighting on an island or something, and he just throws a big haymaker, and it's like, whoa, yeah, knock him out. Uh, and then when they show Godzilla, he's blowing a laser beam of like nuke fire. So yeah. I don't understand that. Okay. You hit me with a, a haymaker. I'm Godzilla. I can take it. I'm going to rip your mouth open and shoot nuke fire into your face. Like, fight's over. Yeah, We're done. done here. Done. King Kong over. is no longer king, that's for sure. He's just dead. Credits Kong. roll the end. We're done. That's how it should be. I mean, I, I mean, I, we should make it very clear. This movie came out on March 31st. We're recording on April 5th. Uh, neither of us We have haven't seen, seen it. Because and we just I, assume I that that's how it's going to end. So why do why why am I going to pay money to see that? Not, I'll wait yeah. for Netflix or whatever uh, streaming service fires it up. Yeah. Why would I pay money to be disappointed? Because obviously they're going to make um a, you know a feature length film out of it. It's not going to be ten minutes long as it should be. No. But they're going to drag I, it out. Yeah. And well, I'm, they're going to drag it out and and just to make it seem like it's a fair fight. But we all know at the end of the day, Godzilla's going to kick King Kong's ass. Like, it's not even going to be a challenge. So I can't even come at this as some guy who's, you know, some movie connoisseur. And, I, you know, I can break down cinematic tropes better than most. I can't. I'm just a regular guy who enjoys movies, of course. I mean, I did take a film class in university, but that really doesn't change anything. Um, no. So but we I, also I, have opinions. Yeah, but so, and this is coming from a guy who genuinely enjoyed, as embarrassing as this is, and I was also much younger when this came out, when Alien versus Predator came out, that made sense. That was yeah. a good, I mean, I one's invisible. a good movie. But yeah, it was one's like, poison. Like, yeah, for the concept. There was a fair fight there. Yeah, for the concept, that was a good movie. It seemed like, oh, who would win? Alien or Predator? Like, nobody knew. And clearly nobody knew because they made a sequel. And I didn't see the sequel. I don't know. Is it any good? I have no idea. But. It was good enough for a sequel, I guess. But. If we're going by sheer logic, this movie should never have been made. First no. off. Because you I couldn't mean, have made it long enough. Um, if we're talking about, you know, sheer size. If we're comparing movie to movie, Godzilla should be way bigger than King Kong, for starters. Yep. Because, I mean, King Kong had to climb buildings. Godzilla was the size of them. Size of them, yes. Yeah, so, so there's that. Uh, second, 
like you said, in in like as as we teased this, um, Godzilla can breathe literal nuclear fire. He eats nuclear energy. King Kong is just like a really big ape, like a sick, really Ooh. really big ape. Good for you. And like if we're using past movies as references, and I've seen most of each series, um, this shouldn't be a fight. So Godzilla, like I said, can shoot nuclear energy out of his goddamn mouth. Can kick buildings over without any problems. Now, if you'll remember in some of the original King Kong movies where he climbs the Empire State Building, he's having trouble with 1950s era biplanes with machine Like Godzilla would just swat those out of the sky, and yet King Kong's having trouble fighting them off while climbing the Empire State Building. First of all, if we're using size as a scale again, Godzilla should be basically the size of the Empire State Building. If that boat that got stuck in the fucking Suez Canal is bigger than the (laughs) Empire State Building, you're telling me that Godzilla's not at least close to that size? In every single movie he's been in, he's been towering over skyscrapers and shit. And you got the guy who could barely climb the Empire State Building and fight off World War II-era biplanes is going to take him out? Are you out of your fucking mind? This shouldn't be a movie. I almost want to see it so I can yell at my TV because I'm yelling at my computer screen right now and into my microphone. And I I hope people enjoy it, but I don't because it's just so dumb. Oh god, anyway, dude! The amount of stone we'd have to—the amount of stone we'd have to get to enjoy that movie, which actually would probably make it really enjoyable. But that's besides that's the, the only fact. way I would enjoy it. it it's just—it it is just ridiculous. And I know you're gonna have some people be like, "Oh, it's Hollywood. It's a storyline. Let them do it." Okay, no. like I get that Hollywood can stretch some shit. This is this is extreme. This is yeah. so not even close that it's like, why would you even try? This is the dumbest thing ever. Some of the best this is putting Scooby Doo against Cujo. Like he's gonna yeah, exactly. get his throat ripped out. Oh, rut row, Raggy, I'm dead. Tough, yeah. Tough fuck. But like, anyways, on that bombshell, like ever made are built on a willing suspension of disbelief. I'm willing yes. to, you know, not bring my logic into it to make sure the plot can keep going. I I can't even do that with this. I can't. No. I go to the movie because I'm certain, like, at some point, like, I, I'm not sure what the end is. So I want to go to the movie and I want to find out what the end is. With this movie, I'm very certain what the end is. So what the fuck's the point? Well, here's the thing. And if we're wrong, we're just going to be like, well, that's that's stupid. Yeah, that's idiotic. How? Yeah. How did he I beat mean, nuke fire? Yeah. Explain it to agree. me, logically. And, so, and here's the thing. I watched one of the trailers and apparently he catches like the nuke fire in his hands. Stop Ow. it. He's not Goku. You're He's not giant, Goku. Yeah, you're a giant gorilla. You're a giant gorilla. Yeah. I don't, unless uh, it, science comes out and says, oh, regular gorillas can actually handle a great deal more radiation than you. No, it's not. Anyway, yeah, then I, color I, me stupid and enough. I'm wrong and I'm uneducated about that sort of thing. But I yeah. don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I've gotten angry enough about this. But like, anyway, again, I hope. I hope it's better than it seems. I, I kind of want to watch it just to see how angry I get. And yeah. it, it is it, the best way to describe it is this is how the Askren versus Paul fight should go. Askren is Godzilla. Jake Paul is King Kong. And that's the best compliment Jake Paul's fighting ability has ever gotten. 
You are welcome, Jacob. Yeah. And on that bombshell, I think it's time to wrap up because that is the teaser. We're really hoping that we get that interview for next week. We're going to look really stupid if we don't. Uh, so really putting like our necks out there on this one. Uh, like but yeah, chance. we 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 should be okay. We'll we'll yeah. hopefully bring the heat next week. Hopefully we brought the heat this week. I feel like we did an all right job, my man. I, I honestly think there was a marked improvement from last week to this week. I mean, not to toot our own I'm horns, sh- but we, we heard your criticisms. Yeah. We did. We really did. And... And from some of the people that I know, I'm sure if we didn't and we missed the mark again, a whole baby will hear about it. Well, the good thing is we had, A, more than the four listeners that we were joking that we would get. We hit over 100. Stop it. Yeah. Good for us. For two guys just dicking around. And now we bought $70 microphones, as you said. And I, I, I think, you know, every everybody's got to start somewhere. We started maybe a little rough. I'll, I'll admit that. But. I, I think we're hitting our stride. I think this is the first yep. step into us hitting our stride. Yeah, here we go. Let's get ready, uh, sports fans and bullshit fans. We're going to be uh, <laughs> off and running here and hopefully with a nice little interview next week. Exactly. So I guess it'll will, be two uh, weeks from now, though. It'll be two weeks from when this podcast airs. But, yeah, yeah. we'll get an so, interview going. Yeah, we. Uh, I, I do like our chances in regards to getting uh, – one of the top ranked Canadian MMA fighters uh, currently and uh, somebody who's fighting uh, in the XFC tournament currently. Um, yeah. Big fight so, coming up. It's been postponed. So we'll, uh, we'll get the info and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, if we get that interview going and get that aired, we'll get the interview or uh, pardon me, the uh, info for all of that for everybody listening to, to um, the people who might be a little bit curious. Um, he fought once in the XFC, and it lasted 53 seconds. If you really wanted to yeah. do research, you could find it. Um, it'd be a good thing to watch if, you know, you need to pee, because you can watch the entire fight during your pee. Yeah, it was a quick <laughs> one. It was beautiful to watch. It was, I was textbook slightly aroused. Really. Yeah, it was good. Anyway, that'll just about do it for us and, uh, for this week. Um Hopefully you guys enjoyed it more than our, our first attempt. I think we got a lot better, um, not to toot our horns, but I think we did okay this week. Um, yeah. Matt, y- you all good? Y- y- we're all uh, Oh, we're yeah, good. baby. Pop I'm up. good. I And, hey, let's give us some credit. I think people enjoyed week one. There's a reason we're making week two. That's um, true. We, so. we got a lot, more, uh, a lot more good reviews than we did. Yeah. Actually, I don't think we got any negative reviews. We got good reviews with you just got positive criticism. criticism. That's what it's called. It's called positive yeah. criticism. So we're yeah. going to keep rolling. We're going to keep improving. We're going to keep yep. listening to sports, drinking beers, hopefully not stay in quarantine. Uh, and uh, we'll uh, we'll keep this boat going. Hey, before we, uh, before we uh, drop out, um, I know you just mentioned beers. Um, we mentioned Nickelbrook last week. I wanted to give a quick shout out to Furnace Room because I uh, – that's who, whose beers I've been drinking during this recording. And uh, their Dynamo and their Bearded Kolsch have been excellent. The Dynamo is a cream lager. And oh, the really Bearded Kolsch is real nice. Oh, yeah. And their Chicken Man IPA is pretty good, too. I didn't have that tonight, yeah. but I've had it before. Anyway. Now we um, sound like beer hipsters, so let's wrap that one up real quick. <laughs> yeah, and also they have nothing to do with this podcast. We just enjoy their beer. Anyway, guys and girls, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for putting up with our bullshit for week one. Uh, I hope we exceeded your expectations in week two. And uh, uh, guys, have a good uh, have a good two weeks, and we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. And hopefully, we have more to talk about. Matt, you want to want to have a say a nope. little goodbye keep, here? Keep coming back for more. Tell your friends. Tell your family, husband, wife, kids, children, whatever. I don't care. I'll let. <laughs> 
10 year olds listen to this. If, yeah. if you want to, that's your parenting, not mine. But uh, yeah, <laughs> tell everybody, let's get it going. See ya. All right, everybody. Have a good uh, couple of weeks and uh, stay safe.